Like I said, I was the source of my own problems for the most of it. And that was really hard to accept. So I've had to do a lot of changing and a lot of um, letting go and letting God have it. Relying on my higher power. That's been the hardest. Welcome to the Recovery Edge cast. My name is Alfredo and I'm an alcoholic. And now I'm sitting here with Sean's wife, Shar. Hi, Alfredo. How are you? I'm good. Good. So when's your sober date and where's your home group? Um, my sober date is September 15th, 2019. So just over a year. And um, my home group is New Hope in Firestone, Friday night at 7 o'clock. And I've known you for a few years now. Right? Yeah, probably like three years. And you were not always an alcoholic. I pretended like I wasn't. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that out. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're correct. Because you were coming in with Sean and just being part of the gang and just hanging out with us. Yeah, I thought I was there to support him. And, uh, you know, as I sat there in the meetings and stuff, I figured out that I've done everything that everybody else in the room has done. And, um, yeah. So after two and a half years of sitting in the rooms and a long business trip, uh, being drunk the entire time, I came home and realized myself and it was a really hard like I hit the wall really hard Mm -hmm. and realized that I was the alcoholic and that was super hard to admit I cried I think for well we'll get into that a long time don't give us the good stuff yet okay tell us uh what are you up to these days what do you do um I am an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. (laughs) I own a couple of businesses um I am a hairstylist and business or salon owner in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so when my salon is open, I'm the one that's there and cutting hair. And when I'm not there, it's closed. Um, I also sell Monate shampoo, which is all um, plant-based shampoo. Um, so yeah, and I'm a wife, and uh, that still seems a little weird today, but. <laughs> It's good. How long have you guys been married? Oh, like a year and a half. Coming up on a year and a half. December will be a year and a half. So, yeah, not very long. Where did you grow up and what was that like? Um, I was born in Denver, Colorado, and I grew up the majority of my life in um, Lafayette, Colorado. So not too far from here. Um, Went to Boulder Valley Schools and... um, that's, yeah, I was, uh, my mom was a single mom of four children and, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know if you want me to go into my story right now or not, but I think you're warmed up. You can tell us what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. Yeah. Um, so like I said, my mom's a single mom of four children. We were, um, we lived in foster homes. We, uh, lived um, on the Indian Reservation for a while, because I'm part Indian, and um, 
My parents got a divorce. I think they were married for maybe eight years, maybe. Um, I don't remember too much of their marriage. Um, my mom got custody of us, and I went into second grade here in Lafayette, Colorado, and uh, my Grammy and Grandpappy helped take care of us when my mom was working and going to school and trying to better her life along with our life also. Um, so second grade is probably the very first time I started drinking, super young. Um, my Grammy and Grandpappy were alcoholics. Every day coming home from school, we, uh, they'd ask us to go into the refrigerator and get their Michelob, I think is what it was that they were drinking at the time. It was cans. So, uh, you know, in second grade, I thought that was cool. I could go to the refrigerator and get Grammy and Grandpappy a beer. Mm -hmm. And I ran it up to them, and they'd let me open it. And just the sound of a can opening was like, oh, that's cool. That sounds awesome. And then they're like, you can have a sip. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, in our family... Every subject was very open, and we could talk to them, and they, you know, if we were going to do anything, they wanted us to do it with them, you know. So that led into a whole bunch of different things, but that one little sip of drink of beer turned into, ooh, I'm going to sneak and open the beer in the, in the kitchen, have my sip there, and then I get to have another sip in front of Grammy and Grandpappy, and... um before you know it, I was, my sips turned into gulps, and it was, I don't know, I was the very first one that raised my hand to go and get that beer for my Grammy and Grandpappy every single time. So um didn't know that that was an issue at that point, because I was in second grade, like, right. you know, who has a problem with that at second grade? Um but that didn't stop there. I, uh, um, because we were an open book in our family, um, you know, my mom allowed us to drink when we were 17 as long as we were at home doing it with her. And, you know, that's just the way that she was. She brought us up. And um, I... Um, she had a boyfriend that grew pot, so I learned everything about that, too, and started smoking then, and um, didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And I smoked cigarettes. My mom said it was okay, so why not? It wasn't a big problem. Um, so I started drinking really heavy again when I was 17, and then I moved out of my mom's house at that point. Um, my mom and I... Um, I was her rough teenager, that's for sure, because my mom and I would butt heads. We still butt heads today, but I absolutely love my mom. Um, I've learned patience with her, and I think her with me also. So, um, you know, I didn't, so I moved out and uh, drank, and I worked. I held a job. I didn't ever get pulled over. There was plenty of times I probably should have gotten pulled over. Um, finished high school. I could have finished high school a year before. So 
in high school, I was, you know, almost a straight A student. I was on the honor roll and stuff like that. So looking at that now, people would probably think that I was very functioning in drinking, like a functioning alcoholic is what people say. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, moved from one house to another. I mean, I think there was times that I was moving every three months because I wasn't stable in my life. I had a roommate at one point that we were drinking cooking sherry to get drunk. <laughs> um, that stuff was nasty as hell. <laughs> but I've never, I've never had it. I, now I couldn't tell you what it tasted like because yeah. it was so long ago. It was nasty. It was gross. But it was there and we wanted to drink. We wanted to smoke and we didn't care. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, uh, let's see. I started beauty school. I went to beauty school in Aurora when I was, oh gosh, I want to say 21. Mm -hmm. And everything is still working out for you really well, right? Like, yeah, you haven't had any um, DUIs and no DUIs, no real consequences, no real consequences. Okay. Mm -mm. So then now you're in beauty school. Yeah. So 21 beauty school was in a relationship. The guy, you know, asked me to marry him and I said yes. And that went sour and um, which was fine, you know, because we learn our lessons and stuff. But I lived in Lafayette, was going to school in Aurora, worked in Littleton. That's a lot of driving. I did a lot of driving. And um, then I would, after school, I went to school from 5 p.m. till 10 p.m., Monday through Thursday. And I worked a full-time job on top of that. And then right after that, let's burn the candle at both ends because that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. After school, me and my girlfriend would, you know, go to the bar and hang out there until closing time. And, God, I don't know how I did it. Looking back... But I did, and I got drunk and drove home. Mm -hmm. She was the one that got DUIs. I did not. Hmm. So I was very, very, very lucky that I did not. Hmm. And I didn't, you know, not alone did I not get a DUI, but I didn't kill anybody else driving home, or I didn't get into an accident. Or So I'm really blessed now that I get to look back on what could have happened. But I didn't. I had guardian angels, that's for sure, watching over me mm. um, at that point. Um, I was married before, and um, my ex-husband and I um, drank. I uh, <laughs> don't know how I did this, but I got... Um, I sobered up twice in one night. How do you do that? Like, I started early in the morning drinking, and then you eat a whole bunch of carbs and fatty foods and stuff, so I sobered up. And then I drank again. So I guess not sobered up twice. I was drunk twice in one night. So it was, uh, I don't know. It was crazy. We had a child together, and um, we drank, and I thought he was the alcoholic, because I didn't accept that at that point. I was 25, 26 when I had my son. And um, 
my ex-husband was the alcoholic, so I left him. Um, because of other situations, we actually um, lost our son. Our son passed away when he was 18 days old due to heart problems. Um, my ex-husband went into drinking a lot more. Um, I could say I, w- I drank quite a bit too, but I hit it. I, I picked up a second job at a bar. So um, so I could drink after I got off of work and it wasn't a big deal because I, I was working and it was my relaxation time. Um, so after that, you know, we got divorced because of, I would say more of the loss of our son, but um, I think it was the fact that I couldn't deal with life. Life was unmanageable and I wanted it to be, I wanted to be happy and um, I don't know, I wasn't getting that from that marriage. We, we kind of gave up. It's a two, takes two people to make it and it makes takes two people to destroy a marriage. And Did your drink, drinking increase at this point or what was your relationship with alcohol like? throughout this like you're divorcing and you just had some tragedy did your relationship change with alcohol um i drank more i definitely drank more um i thought i was hiding it and i was not um i would find an excuse to go out or and i would beg my friends to go out to the bar with me because I didn't want to sit at home and drink by myself, but there were quite a few times that I did. Um, If they didn't want to go out, then I always had something at home to drink, and I drank a lot of Jack. Jack was my best friend at this point. Um, Got very, very expensive (laughs) to drink Jack. How long did this last? Um, Uh... Wow. I was 30 when I divorced. Um, I continued to drink until I was about 37, 38, something Mm -hmm. like that. And then I met Sean. Um, And I thought I'd hide it because, you know, he's a recovering alcoholic. I don't need to be sitting in front of him drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we moved in together, I would you know, go out with my girlfriends on nights that I wasn't here at home with him. And um, I would drink, and I um, would drink to the point that I was blacking out. Like, um, one instance, I remember my friends and I catching an Uber up to a bar in Westminster. And the last thing I remember was dancing on the dance floor. And... The next thing I remember is I was in my friend's kitchen getting sick in their sink. I don't I don't know how much time lapsed, but I don't remember anything from in between those times. I don't you know, I don't remember getting into the Uber to get home. Um, I don't in fact my friends were saying that me and this guy were making out and I was like, What? Like, no way. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But I don't remember because I blacked out. I don't, I don't remember anything. And that scared the shit out of me. Um, you know, I called my sister and she, uh, 
lived in Thornton at the time, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning. It was freezing outside, and I decided I'd walk home. I was still drunk. Um, called my sister. She drove a half hour to come and get me to take me home. She made sure that I had some aspirin and some food in my mouth, you know, down in my throat and stuff like that, and made sure I was in bed asleep, you know, or at least laying down so I could try to feel better so I could go to work. Um, and uh, it's sad to me today that I did that, but... What was it like... Um dating somebody you knew was in the program but you're kind of like struggling yourself a little Um, bit I wanted to hide it more than anything I didn't want I was embarrassed to tell him how much I drank because I didn't want to I didn't want to disappoint him so it was really really embarrassing And, you know, the days that we met, I made sure that I didn't go out and drink because I didn't want that smell to be on me. I didn't want... I didn't want that evidence to be there. I didn't want to have to, like I said, be ashamed of going out and getting drunk even though I was dating someone that was in the program because I was supposed to be there to support him and... I have the same problem. Eventually, you um, surrendered to the fact that you were an alcoholic. I did. Tell me about that, that day. Um, that day. So, September 15th, 2019, I was actually coming home from a business trip. Um, I went out for a conference with my Monate products that I sell. And um, that entire weekend, I did nothing but drink. I don't know. At that point, Sean and I were married. Um, I did not know if he could hear it in my voice when we talked on the phone. Um, But that morning, I was packing up my stuff from the hotel to come home and I was drunk. I smelled like alcohol and my worst fear was that he was going to find out that I drank. And I, I, um, embarrassed again. And, um, throughout this point I was going to Al-Anon, you know, tried to work some of the steps in Al-Anon, um, sat in the rooms for two and a half years with Sean thinking I was, there for support and that day was just I didn't want to hide it anymore I I didn't want to hide it from him I didn't want to hide it from anybody else I didn't and more than anything I think I was done I just um it's like that aha moment almost um and I was so nervous to come home and tell him that I had been drunk that whole weekend and that I was an alcoholic because I didn't, I didn't want to admit that to myself, let alone to anybody else. And that was the hardest pill to swallow. 
Well, you obviously knew where to go um, at this point because you've been, I mean, we've seen your face yeah. for a while. Um, what did you think to do next after you finally came out? I, actually, what was that chat like with Sean? Oh, I don't know if I even remember. I think I was just so emotional yeah. about it because... You know, I was sitting in my head all the way home on the plane ride. It was a four or five hour plane ride because mm -hmm. I was out east. And, uh, um, you know, we have these conversations in our heads all the time. Mm -hmm. um, anymore, I like to have that conversation named Brad just because of a thing that I've been listening to lately. Um, I was so nervous just in my own conversations that... I like bald and I was I don't even remember how the conversation was we can fast forward a little bit then um, to what your next good step was like you did you find a sponsor you came in the rooms you got a chip or you know uh, tell us about that point so I told Sean and um, I work in Boulder I actually work right next to um, the Alana Club so um, I started going to meetings there at 12 o'clock. I would schedule my clients around that hour so I could go. And I sat in those rooms and would say that I was an alcoholic. And then I was attending those meetings and saying I was an alcoholic before I went to my home group on Friday night. Because I came home on a Sunday so I had five days of practice saying I was an alcoholic, but I still bawled at my home group. And I actually think I remember you, Alfredo, saying, I knew you were an alcoholic. I, I, <laughs> Pointing yeah. it out. Sometimes I, or I'll, I'll say, I'm so happy you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Just to yeah. see the newcomers like, what the? Maybe yeah. that was it. But the. It was um, something snarky, of it, course. It sure was. It was and all in good fun, though. It was. And, uh,. I talked to Lori um, right before then, and she's all, Shari, you just need to say, come out and say you're an alcoholic. And, um, you know, at the meetings, they ask, you know, um, who's here for their first time. And, uh, wow, I felt like my arm was 150 pounds because I didn't want to raise it. And admit to everybody that I've in those rooms, in that one particular room, because I've been sitting in there for two and a half years. I didn't want to admit that I was an alcoholic in front of everybody in that room. And uh, I bawled like a baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it felt so good to admit it. Like every single time that I said it out loud, you know, you feel weird at first saying, hi, I'm Shar and I'm an alcoholic, and it feels weird, but now it's like, yep, I'm an alcoholic. Now i got to learn to live without alcohol. And uh, so I didn't get a sponsor right away. Um, you know, with Sean being in the meetings and stuff, I didn't feel comfortable asking anybody in our home group being in a meeting because they to be my sponsor because they knew Sean. And, um, you know, going through the steps, you, uh, you know, 
you get to build a relationship with your sponsor and they get to know anything and everything about you as long as we're open about it with them and stuff. So um, I um, started going to different meetings and then I found a sponsor. I'd probably say mm, maybe six weeks after I admitted that I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started working the steps. And, uh, wow, I thought admitting an alcohol- that I was an alcoholic was a big pill to swallow. Having to do step four and five and um, was more bigger. It was a bigger pill to swallow. And then uh, finding out that the common denominator in your fourth and fifth step it really comes from me. <laughs> um, it really opened my eyes. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know what else I can say about that. It just really made me know that I'm the one that was causing those issues, not really the people that I put on my fourth step. Can you repeat your sober date for us? September 15th, 2019. Just barely a year. Barely a year. How do you feel today? I feel good. Yeah. I feel really good. I uh, I never thought the year was going to get here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the longest year in my entire life. What was the hardest part about your first year? Um, I would have to say the hardest part about that first year was admitting or going through and digging deep down into all of my past stuff and realizing um, all the stuff that I caused was the biggest thing. And you know, I'm not perfect. I still do it today. I still have Brad in my head telling me, you know, um, you're not good enough. You know, you you need to work on this. But we're not perfect. Not perfect by any means. But, um, yeah, so just knowing that I was the cause of a lot of my damage in my life. You know what I mean? Just for my, why I chose to drink and what I went through when I was drinking and stuff like that. There's other things that come from that. But um, like I said, I was the source of my own problems for the most of it. And that was really hard to accept. So I've had to do a lot of changing and a lot of um, letting go and letting God have it, relying on my higher power. That's been the hardest. The surrendering? Yep the surrendering and letting him take take it and not wanting it back. I'd give it to him for a second and then I'm like, nope, it's that control. So, yep, that's the hardest thing. If you could give day one, Char, a piece of advice, what would you say? I don't know. Um, one day at a time, I guess, is what I would say to her. Because it took one day at a time. Geez, there were a couple of days that it was like, let me get through the next five minutes. 
you know, being uh, newly sober and newly married and um, not working five jobs to support myself. There's a lot of changes in that. So one day at a time. Well, I'm really glad you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Thanks, Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I love you. I love you guys. So Thanks. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for Any asking. Any final words? Um, I think you have to have a higher power. That's for sure. And let them, whatever it is, you know, a higher power to your understanding. Let them take control because we can't do it by ourselves. That's for sure. Perfect. Thank you, Char. Thanks, Alfredo. That wraps up episode 15 of the Recovery Edgecast. I'd like to thank Shar for sitting down and sharing her experience, strength, and hope with us. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find more of our episodes at recoveryedgecast.com, as well as through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.